So we are continuing the book Matchless Gift by His Divine Grace Shila AC Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. We are on page number 38. It is not that Krishna is hungry and is begging food from us. The purpose of this offering is to create a loving transaction. Krishna wants this transaction. You love me and I love you. As God, Krishna's energy creates and sustains everything. So why should he beg a leaf, a fruit and a little water from us? He will be very pleased, however, if we offer him a piece of fruit, a leaf and water with love, saying, Krishna, I am so poor that I cannot secure anything. I have secured this fruit and the leaf. Kindly accept them. Such an offering would make Krishna very glad. If he eats what we offer, our life will be successful, for we will actually make friends with Krishna. Fruit, flowers and water can be secured practically in any part of the world by any man, poor or rich, and can be offered. We should remember that it is not vegetarianism which is important. Nor is it that God is in need of anything. The important point is that we simply have to try to learn how to love Krishna. Love begins with this give and take. We give something to our lover, he gives something to us, and in this way love develops. When we create any loving transaction with any boy or girl, man or woman, we give and take. Thus, Krishna is teaching us how to give and take. Krishna is begging us, try to love me, learn how to love me, offer something to me. Sir, we may say, I have nothing to give you. Oh, you cannot collect a piece of fruit, a flower, a leaf or a little water? Oh, yes, why not? Anyone can collect this. This then is the method of Krishna Consciousness, which allows one to make friends with Krishna. We can enter into any number of relationships with Krishna. We can become a direct servant of Krishna, or in the highest stages we can become Krishna's father, mother or lover. Krishna is prepared to establish a loving relationship with all living entities. In actuality, this relationship is already there because he is the Supreme Father and we are his parts and parcels. Because the Son is part of the body of the Father, the relationship between them cannot be broken. It may be forgotten for some time, but as soon as one recognizes his Father or Son, immediately affection develops. Similarly, we are eternally related to Krishna, but at the present moment this relationship is simply forgotten or suppressed. Consequently, we think that we have no relationship with Krishna, but this is not a fact. Because we are integral with Him, because we are part and parcel of Him, our relationship with Him is eternal. That relationship simply has to be revived and that revival is this process of Krishna consciousness. At present, we are under the sway of different consciousness. One person is thinking that he is Indian, 
another is thinking that he's American, and someone else is thinking I'm this or I'm that. In this way, we create so many artificial identities. But our actual identity should be I am Krishna's. When we think in this way, we are thinking in Krishna consciousness. Only in this way can universal love among all living entities be established. Krishna is related to everyone as eternal father. And consequently, when we establish a Krishna conscious relationship, we become related to everyone. When one marries, he automatically establishes a relationship with the spouse's family. Similarly, if we re-establish our original relationship with Krishna, we will re-establish our true relationship with everyone else. That is the ground for real universal love. Universal love is artificial and cannot endure unless we establish our relationship with the center. One is American if he is born in America, and thus other Americans become members of his family. But if he is born elsewhere, he has no relationship with Americans. On the mundane platform, all relationships are relative. Our relationship with Krishna, however, is eternal and not subject to time and circumstance. When we re-establish our relationship with Krishna, the questions of universal brotherhood, justice, peace and prosperity will be answered. There is no possibility of realizing these higher ideals without Krishna. <clears throat> Excuse me. If the central point is missing, how can there be brotherhood or peace? In Bhagavad Gita, the peace formula is clearly given. We have to understand that Krishna is the only enjoyer. The consciousness of this is developed in a Krishna conscious temple where the central point of all activities is Krishna. All cooking is carried on for Krishna, not for one's own purposes. Ultimately, we shall eat the prasadam, offered food. But when we cook, we should think that we are cooking for Krishna and not for ourselves. When the members of a temple go into the streets, they do not do so for their own sake but to distribute Krishna-conscious literatures in order to make people aware of Krishna's presence. All money acquired are spent for Krishna in spreading his message in so many ways. Such a style of life in which everything is done for Krishna promotes the development of Krishna-consciousness within the living entity. Our activities may remain the same. We simply have to understand that we are acting for Krishna and not for our own personal satisfaction. In this way we can come to our original consciousness and be happy. Unless one is established in his original consciousness, which is Krishna consciousness, he is certain to be crazy to some degree. Everyone who is not Krishna conscious is to be considered crazy, because he exists on a platform which is temporary and transient. Since we as living entities are eternal, Temporary activities are not our concern. Our engagements should be eternal because we are eternal and that eternal engagement is the rendering of service to Krishna in love. Krishna is the supreme eternal and we are subordinate eternals. 
Krishna is the supreme living entity and we are subordinate living entities. The finger is part and parcel of the total body and its eternal function is to serve the body. Indeed, that is the very purpose for the finger and if it cannot serve the whole body, it is diseased or useless. Similarly, as part and parcel we have to serve Krishna and be subordinate to him because he is the Supreme Father, he supplies all our necessities. Such a life of subordination to Krishna is a normal life and is a life of actual liberation. Those who try to deny Krishna and live outside of any relationship to him are actually leading a sinful life. Shukadeva Goswami and Maharaja Parikshit discussed this topic and Parikshit Maharaj was anxious to know how the conditioned souls could be saved from their hellish lives. It is the natural desire for Vaishnava to save suffering humanity. Generally others do not care whether people suffer or not, but a Vaishnava, a devotee of the Lord, is always thinking of how to alleviate the fallen condition of the people. Christians believe that through his crucifixion, Lord Jesus Christ assimilated all the sinful activities of the world's people. A devotee of the Lord is always thinking of how to assimilate the sufferings of others. A similar devotee was Vasudev Datta, who was Lord Chaitanya's associate. He told the Lord, Now that you have come, kindly deliver all people on this earth and take them to Vaikuntha, the spiritual world. And if you think that they are so sinful that they cannot be delivered, please transfer, transfer all their sins unto me. I shall suffer for them. This is a Vaishnava's mercy. However, it is not that Jesus Christ or Vasudev Datta should make a contract for our sins and that we should go on committing them. For this is a most heinous proposal. A Vaishnava or devotee may suffer for all humanity, but the human race or a particular devotee's disciples should not take advantage of this fa facility and continue to commit sins. One should rather realize that since Lord Jesus Christ or Vasudev Datta suffered for him, he should stop committing sins. Factually, everyone is responsible for his own sinful activities. Therefore, Shugadeva Goswami recommends Tasmat Puraiva Shviha Papa Nishkritao Shumad Bhagavatam 6.1.8 In order to free oneself from all reactions of sinful activities, as long as one is embodied, he should atone. According to one's sinful activities, he should accept a program of atonement. As mentioned before, there are different atonements for different sinful activities. In any case, before death, one should perform atonement so that he does not carry sinful activities into his next life and have to suffer then. If some atonement for our sinful activities is not performed, nature will not excuse us. We will have to suffer the effects of our sins in the next life. 
such bondage to one's material activities is called karma bandhana. Yagyarthat karma non yatra loko yam karma bandhanah tadartham karma kanteya mukta sangah samachara. Work done as a sacrifice for Vishnu has to be performed, otherwise, work binds one to this material world. Therefore, O son of Kunti, perform your prescribed duties for his satisfaction, and in that way you will always remain unattached and free from bondage. <laughs>